Ready? Uh, yes. yes. But what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Get away from her, you bitch! I'm Batman. Oh, do not. There is no Welcome to episode 122 of the Nerdfest podcast. This week's nerds are... John Harvard, Andy Chandler, Peter Johnson, and I'm Hazel Chandler. On today's show, we have our buff or bluff quiz, where we try and fox each other with both true and made up fox each other. Oh, fox. I thought it was a very different show. (laughs) That's the after hours show. (laughs) Nerdfest after dark. Plus, we give our initial spoiler. You made me... Fox myself. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, we give our initial spoiler-free thoughts on the latest offering from the MCU, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So, let's start the show. You've been in America, Hazel. I have. Did you see any fun nerdy stuff over there? (gasps) You know what I did do? Something that's been on my career bucket list for probably 15 years. I did a walk and talk. Wow. West Wing style. Yeah, filmed a walk and talk. And did you manage to walk and talk at the same time? I bashed my elbow a couple of times, but I like to think I styled it out. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. Um, We also have an announcement. Can you do some kind of announcement tone? I shall oblige. So we are supporting Boho Arts, which is a new charity which is now actively crowdfunding to raise money to transform a neglected old building in Newcastle into a vibrant venue for artists, audience and communities to come together and connect, collaborate and play in a world of creative opportunities. For too long, there has been a lack of central, accessible and affordable space for artists, performers and facilitators to workshop and engage with audiences in Newcastle. And recently, a few meanwhile spaces that existed pre-pandemic were torn down. So that made things worse. So we're raising money for the Creative Hub, which will have a cafe bar, four workshop rooms, a theatre, an exhibition and screening space, co-working offices, new loos, which I'm 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 most excited about the, the loos. Um, (laughs) a lift, a bike park, a rooftop herb garden and green energy. So if you would like to make a donation to the crowdfund to help bring this idea to life, your cash will go towards making the ground floor safe, secure and accessible. Uh, We'll put a link to the crowdfund in today's episode notes. Um, The campaign is called Help a New Arts Venue in Newcastle. You can also head to at Boho Arts NCL on their social media to watch the campaign launch video and learn more about this wonderful project. We just wanted to say that up front, this is something that we are proud to support and it needs all the help it can get. And even if you don't have a lot of money, the number of people who are involved and help is also important. So if you haven't got much to give, just a couple of quid would actually still help the cause. Very much so. And if you have got a lot to give, then there's no maximum. (laughs) No maximum. That would be awesome. All right. Peter, you've got a beard. I have got a beard. Thank you for noticing. It's called Judith. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, do you like it? That's a leading question, if ever there was one. No, I do. I think it really suits you, actually. Oh, okay. I'm intrigued to see what it turns into. Hopefully a bigger beard and not <laughs> some strange monster attacking me. But, I think um, he looks 50% more sinister, Peter. <laughs> that's good. Maybe I should make it pointier. That would... Uh, Give it that much more evil look to it. That would be good. I'm trying it out. We'll see how it goes. 
Mm-hmm. It may not be here in two weeks' time. Um, on screen, whose beard do you most look up to? Um, Santa Claus. He's got <laughs> quite an impressive beard. That's the one to beat, huh? <laughs> I was going to go for Ming the Merciless. I'm surprised it's kind of soft. I thought beards would be much rougher than this. Have you been using oils? I can recommend a beard oil. <laughs> really? Yes. I think that's necessary. Yeah. Weirdly, the more you rub it, the softer it becomes, which is the opposite to life. <laughs> <laughs> In so many ways. Welcome to Beard Fest. <laughs> so, Hazel, uh, which of us three gentlemen around the table has the best beard? Well, John's is the fullest and the most multicoloured. Is that the friendliest way to put that? <laughs> there's, there's many colours in there, some of which are natural, some of which are a lack of personal hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> this bit over here is ketchup, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Andy's is maybe more, a bit more sculpted, maybe? Craig David. Refined, a bit more Craig David, <laughs> yeah. Not, not what I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter's is the newest. Salt and peppery. You all have wonderful beards in your own special ways. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yours is great too. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> Just a few plucks. <laughs> You've also been to the cinema this week? Yes. We went to see Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So this is the sequel to what John famously predicted would be Marvel's first flop. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah, nearly $1.5 billion later. And uh, here's the sequel. So yes, we're going to give you some very spoiler-free initial thoughts on, on how we found it. It's a fairly self-contained film in the MCU, much like the first one was. So there's no like multiple MCU threads that it feels the need to tie in. This is a story of the people in Wakanda and their new enemy, which is an aquatic warrior race led by the mutant god Namor. No more. <laughs> no, carry on. <laughs> the film deals with the consequences of T'Challa's decision at the end of the first film to reveal Wakanda's true power to the world in the notion of helping more deprived nations. But wouldn't you know, certain nations have a problem with this, and they see Wakanda's newly discovered riches as something more dangerous. And that sets off a chain of events which puts Namor and his people at the centre of things. The things I really liked about it, first of all, it does a tremendous job of honouring Chadwick Boseman, you know, this is a character and an actor who meant so much to so many people. And T'Challa, in, in my opinion, he's given the send off that he truly deserves in the film. And it's really something to watch. And the film also deals with various stages of grief in a way that I think might be quite helpful to anyone who might be dealing with grief at the moment. Really touching in that way. Um, I also really enjoyed a lot of the performances. So Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda is phenomenal. Okoye, uh, played by Danai Guerrera. She's someone I've always enjoyed, but she gets a really nice storyline here. And you see her more as a person rather than just a, a warrior. Namor, oh, so good. He is played by Tanok Hiata, a Mexican actor, I think. And he is a really, really interesting antagonist. He's not what you might call a traditional villain. He is very complex. And the film gives him a lot of time. It gives, he pays a lot of attention to drawing his character and giving him a lot to work with. And the wings on his ankle are quite cool. I really like them. Overall, though, I felt a little bit disappointed. Mm. I have to be honest. I won't go into too many details as to why, because then I'll start to get into spoilers. But I just didn't feel truly connected to the, like, the main arc of the story. 
It also fell into the trap of complicated battle sequences with this hugely frantic editing, and it's it's really hard to follow along. You know, you just get lost rather than feeling the true pain and the true loss of the situation. And it is a shame because there are some beautiful, quiet moments in the film, and they got overshadowed to a certain extent by the need to have yet another action scene. So yeah, I think it's really worth going to see. There are some amazing moments there, I think, in terms of the most well-performed and emotive scenes in the entire MCU. I missed Chadwick Boseman deeply, and that is an impossible thing for this film to overcome. I get that, but that is just how, that's how I felt. I felt the film was missing a certain amount of majesty and, mm. and magic. And I think they honoured him, but there was something missing here. Is it a very long film? It is. It's yes. two hours, 40 minutes. I was kind of figuring it would be because I expect they must spend a lot of the first part getting through T'Challa's bit and then they don't maybe... really. They maybe, right. maybe the first five, ten minutes and then it goes to uh, another period in time. All right. They come back to it quite frequently, though. For my taste, I would have preferred if they'd honoured him at the beginning and then effectively drawn a line mm-hmm. under it. Quite often it, it comes back to um, the pace slows right down and, and they're just sad that he's gone. And for a piece of entertainment, it might have been better if there was a bit more separation, the honouring of, of, of the man and then the new story. Yeah. It kind of reflects how grief works. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it, but the, just from your description. Yeah. For me, that, that wasn't an issue. I, I enjoyed those parts because it was kind of talking about what he would do in certain situations and the influence that he had on Wakanda. So for me, it, that really worked. But I, yeah, I see where you're coming from. This last run of Marvel films, they've all just seemed a little bit disappointing, essentially since Endgame, I think. Yeah, phase four is a bit hit or miss, and I think mm. maybe mostly miss. Do they see it as an exploratory phase where they try things out, introduce new characters, see what bites? I think the lack of a big bad mm. doesn't feel like it's building towards anything in a way that we all knew we had like the Infinity Stones and we knew at mm-hmm. some point Thanos was going to turn up and there doesn't seem that through line. A lot of people do complain about that with the Marvel mm-hmm. films as well and the idea you need to watch all the films to know what the hell's going on. Yeah. I'm not sure it necessarily needs a big bad if all those films are good in their own right. But I think that's been the issue. Yeah. And as I say, this was a self-contained film. Mm. It didn't need to be part of a greater universe. It was the film that it was. And I think the quote-unquote villain of the piece, uh, Namor, is one of the best antagonists I've ever seen in the MCU. I think Mm. it was brilliant. And I can't talk about why. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel it like I have done previous MCU films. But yeah. You were saying it's kind of self-contained, but one of the criticisms I've heard was there was a bit of building towards is it Ironheart TV series. One of the characters seemed to be wedged in there. Uh, possibly, but that wasn't really... That wasn't an issue. No, it that didn't wasn't an issue. feel like um, unnaturally wedged in any more so than any other characters in any other Marvel film. Yeah. Didn't necessarily need to be there, but um, you could say that about a lot of this very long film. <laughs> it's not it's not actually finished yet there's, a, there's an end credit sequence You've well got we to go did back. stay for a second credit sequence to no avail is it there is only one post credit sequence i hear it's a good one though it is it's a really good one the issue with this film it was just i thought it wasn't that well written i've felt like it had lots and lots and lots of little moments that just made me think hang on wait what are you doing why did you even go there Weren't you trying to do... There were lots of little logical holes that just made me not care because it didn't feel kind of a contiguous, sensible thread. It didn't flow for me. 
talking of things that flow, killer whales. Oh, yeah, there's there's some silly things. I, I thought um, Neymar was was terrific. He was the best thing in the film. Um, the the little wings on his ankles though are silly. Oh no! And they're, they're not brilliant. the only silly thing in the film. And they're not supposed to be Do silly. They flap and propel him underwater. Uh, that he flies, and oh. that's not a spoiler. It's in the trailer. He flies with um, little dainty little. Um, yeah, that's a hilarious thing. They are tiny wings, yeah. and they're going at the rate of knots and carrying this rather well-built muscular man it's just like and the, the right at the bottom of him obviously they're on his ankles and the, but he just he hovers there upright and how how are you balancing him oh it's, it, it's really it's, cool it's daft and i'm sure it just comes straight from the comics but it's it, it it looks silly and his underwater fish people army use certain aquatic mammals for transportation and that's just daft it's like <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like Free Willy Four. It's brilliant. Oh. Um, the the action wasn't to my taste, but I think lots of people will like it. All shot with lots of different camera angles and fast cutting and the camera swooshing around all over the place. And it's more kind of implied action than being able to see what's going on. And that, I prefer Jackie Chan style, where you can just see it happen. Wasn't there like a, a story a while back? I think that James Gunn came out against that. Essentially, the directors just come in and direct the character bits and their own little quirky bits, and the action sequences are more done by committee. Mm. They all seem to have that same generic yeah. tone to them. Mm. The big yeah, CGI things can, hitting each other. Yeah, I, I can see that. If you can bring personality and individuality to a fight scene, it's much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, an action sh- scene should continue to move the story along. It shouldn't just be a temporary pause while we do some stunts and some CGI and some explosions and stuff. And th- there's a, a, as much room in a fight scene um, for artistic expression as there is yeah. in any other scene, but Marvel doesn't seem to see it that way. And yeah. it's boring now. Yeah, but I'm warmer on it than Andy is. Um, I, I, I think it's a really, really worthwhile watch if um, probably about half an hour too long. I think most people will find something to like about it. I'd probably give it about six out of ten or something. It's not not horrible. I'd probably go seven. Right, shall we uh, fox each other? (laughs) (laughs) I knew it would come down to that eventually. (laughs) You spend enough time with each other, sometimes you get bored and just have to fox each other. All right, so buff or bluff time. Uh, so this is where we have three facts. Uh, two of them are true. One of them is completely made up, and it is our joint efforts that will try and uncover the bluff. Andy, off you go. I've got three rip-offs of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, only one of which I've made up. The other two, unfortunately, exist. Number one, we have Car! Or, uh, How do you spell that? K A W core right. exclamation mark. No, um, I'm not a musical. <laughs> yes, good point. <laughs> or is it? Sadly, no. That would be better. <laughs> it's a 2007 American made-for-TV movie in which a small town sheriff and the town citizens barricade themselves inside a diner for protection from a flock of ravens driven insane by eating the flesh of cattle who died of mad cow disease. Because that's how that disease works. It features the star of the birds, Rod Taylor, as a character named Doc, who is presumably a dwarf. (laughs) So that's... Number two is um, El Ataque de los Pajaros, or The Attack of the Birds, released in Europe as Beaks, the movie. 
1987 Mexican horror film in which a reporter and her cameraman slash boyfriend cover a story about a farmer attacked by his own chickens, only to discover it isn't an isolated incident. Other attacks include a flock of birds teaming up to take down a plane and an unfortunate couple who are eaten alive by pigeons. <laughs> Classic man-eating pigeons. Sick of seeing pigeon films. Uh, number three is <laughs> The Penguins. 1994 American horror comedy billed as a sequel to The Birds. Uh, siblings Tiffany and Dexter flee their home to join their scientist father in Antarctica, where they hope they'll be safe from the bird attacks that are destroying the US. The scientists initially scoff at their claims and warnings, only to find themselves besieged by crazed, bloodthirsty emperor penguins. <laughs> so we have Car, El Ataque de los Pajaros, and the penguins. I think I've heard of Car. <laughs> The name, ring, the name rings a bell. Um, the penguin thing is ridiculous. Mm. Which doesn't necessarily eliminate no. it from the possibilities. What about Beaks, the movie? Yeah. Mm. The fact that it's a foreign film, I just think maybe Andy will have made that one up because he thinks, will think that it sounds intelligent. and <laughs> It features a couple being eaten by a pigeon. How intelligent no, is that? Multiple pigeons. It's not just one pigeon. Not one big pigeon. Okay. That makes much more sense. Gradually pecked away. I mean, anybody who's had the mistake of trying to eat a sausage roll at the coast will know, <laughs> know the danger. Your life into your hands as well as your sausage roll. The mm. mm. so, car was 2007. Rod Taylor, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. He was around until he was around until fairly recently, wasn't he? That's what his Wikipedia page said. Mm-hmm. When you looked it up to make up this film, possibly. <laughs> I can't say I'm convinced by any of them. I've seen The Birds 2, Land's End, which is one of the worst films ever made. Uh, it was years <laughs> afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah, with Tippi Hendren. Um, I say, I think I've heard of Car. Car? <laughs> the Disney Pixar yeah. Car. <laughs> just the low-budget one is just a single. <laughs> it's got, the Penguin one's got to be nonsense, hasn't it? I don't know. Mm. Emperor Penguins are scary when you look them in the eye, as I have. They're like little butlers with a knife on their face. <laughs> These three films in their marketing, did they refer to the fact that they are like homaging the birds? Did it make reference to like a, like a Hitchcockian style thriller? No, the, the Penguins did kind of uh, present itself as a sequel to the birds. It's completely unofficial, of course. But um, the other ones, I think uh, Carr and um, Beaks uh, tried to distance themselves from the um, obvious fact that they were ripping it off. I haven't got a clue. They all said. Shite and implausible to me, to be quite I, honest. I'm definitely going for for beaks. There's just too many things in there that I think Andy's made them up. El ataque de los pájaros. Yeah, the fact that you've gone to the trouble of learning the pronunciation as well. Mm-hmm. I, I do like Google Translate. <laughs> yeah, you're full of shit. <laughs> so number two then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going for the Emperor Penguins. And I will go for... <laughs> John has it. Oh. <laughs> the penguins. Sadly, that's not real. Um, I- I'd like to see that. I think that could be good. And by good, I mean bad. It could be a thing sequel. Yeah, I'd go with that. Better than the original. Possibly unfair. Uh, Car is on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it. But <laughs> but don't. <laughs> um, and uh, Beaks the movie. I don't know where you can find that, but that's probably for the best. And uh, the penguins uh, hopefully coming in a couple of years. Happy Feet 3. <laughs> We will eat you. Oh, we're putting hands up now. I was <laughs> requesting to be invited. 
Request denied, John. Very much said. Peter, what is your buffer bluff? My buffer bluff is about Robert Patrick, the T-1000 from Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. So these three facts are, number one, he appeared in a Meat Love video for a song from Bat Out of Hell 2. The video was directed by Michael Bay. Number two, he wrote all the music and sings three songs on the soundtrack for 2017 movie The Last Rampage about an accused murderer on trial in Arizona. And number three, he's the only actor to be killed on screen by all three of the Planet Hollywood founders. Huh. That's uh, Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wasn't Demi Moore also a founder? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Bruce but Willis... But then, ja- I mean, Jackie Chan was in some territories. They yeah. had other people but in the But the, the, big, the big three, yeah. 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 Um, what, which meatloaf song? Was it um, I'd Lie For You or something like that? The song was Objects in the Rearview Mirror May Appear Closer Than They Are. Oh, I'm thinking of a different It was always in some moments. Yeah, I know that song. Do you know the video? No, I know the song's really fucking long. I mean, every song that album's long, long, but it goes on and on. Eight minutes on the single and ten minutes in the album version Mm -hmm. or something. Is it a fast enough song that the likes of Michael Bay could make at least six explosions from it? It's more ballad, isn't it, I think, Mm -hmm. my recollection of it. And I know it was, I think it was a single. The video is about people flying planes. Flies like a single wing plane. Robert Patrick plays the dad of the protagonist. A single wing plane just go in circles. <laughs> Can we maybe try and work the last one out? So we've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, so that'll be the Terminator. Terminator 2. Yeah. Terminator 2 even. Um, Bruce Willis. Again? Uh, I think it's Stallone, maybe Copland. Mm-hmm. Was he, I think Robert Patrick was in that, wasn't it? It's like a corrupt. They were both in that. Yeah. It could have been some recent thing, Bruce Willis, as yeah. well documented, has mm. been in um, quite a lot of uh, not top tier films. Mm. Was he like. in Die Hard 3? He I know Bruce Willis was. <laughs> I think he's done a lot of uh, henchman work in yeah. films. I'm going to vaguely assume that one's true. Now, the last Rampage, the mm-hmm. middle one, yeah. that's a different film to Rampage, which I think also came yes. out in 2017, which yeah. is The Rock. And... The one based on a video game. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Different movie. Could I have that clue again? He wrote all the music and sings three songs on the soundtrack for 2017 movie The Last Rampage, about an accused murderer on trial in Arizona. The music has a country rock style, and the movie finishes on him singing Roadhouse with a band. Which might be a spoiler. I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the film. Uh, not guilty then. <laughs> they could be a flashback. Could be a could dream be, sequence. Could be in heaven. Could be a hollow deck. Maybe he's been electrocuted. Like on death row. Mm-hmm. Maybe he plays acoustic guitar at the beginning and goes electric at the end like Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for the last rampage mm-hmm. as the bluff. Although I didn't think he does music. Yeah. Mm. Seems like a multi-talented fella. Yeah. He can run very fast too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for... The Meatloaf music video, because okay. I don't think Michael Bay could direct something to a ballad. I mean, you could get rid of the words to a ballad from that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Michael Bay can't direct. <laughs> I'm going to go for Planet Hollywood. I reckon you've noticed that he'd been killed by two of them and just made up the third. Okay. He was the only actor to be killed on screen by all three of the Planet Hollywood founders. Is it too late to change my hand? <laughs> it is. He was in a Meatloaf video. Oh. And I thought you would know that his brother is actually a moderately well-known musician because he played guitar in Nine Inch Nails. 
Robert Patrick's brother played guitar yes, in his brother Richards. I never made that connection. And he's now in a band called Filter. And they actually did the music for the last Rampage. So it was his brother. <laughs> it was his brother him. rather yeah. than him. Yeah. Yeah, I would never. Mm, I've learned yeah. something today. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're still correct? Well, then. Yeah. You're, you're on a streak. You're wrong and right at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were, the, uh, what were the films? Obviously, it was Terminator 2. Yes, it was Terminator 2, and Bruce Willis killed him in Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2, yes. Yes, he did, yeah. yeah. And you were right with Copland. I also have a trivia question for you. Ooh. Which is name the three movies he appears in his T1000 uniform in Terminator 2. Yes. Wayne's Over World. Oh. Yes. Wayne's World 2. Not so. No. Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, no. Nope. I thought John would get this. No, I, I knew Wayne's World, I think, but uh-huh. I think that's a fairly. It's easy to confuse one. the two appearances. He's also in Last Action Hero, mm-hmm. uh, when Arnie goes into the sort of weird future fantasy version of mm. an LA cop shop. He walks past him as Arnie walks in. He's oh. a Terminator oh, reference. Of course. I like that film. Who plays the Terminator in The Last Action Hero? I know the answer to it. Oh, uh, Stallone. Correct, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, he's in the blockbuster. He's in the blockbuster, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, time for some history. Yeah. Yes. Don't know what that noise was. Yeah. That was yeah. a, a tribute to Leslie Phillips, I think, there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, rest in peace, Leslie Phillips. All right, so my buff or bluff is loosely connected to the fact that it uh, has recently been the midterm elections in the U.S., and a couple of days ago, I paid a visit to Washington, D.C. So these are three facts First about... First time you've been since January the 6th, isn't it? <laughs> 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 to be clear, I was not there. I didn't oh, do fuck it. Fuck those guys. <laughs> oh, dear. So these... you still wear the makeup. That's a weird thing. <laughs> Just as a Viking. <laughs> That's what the beard's for. <laughs> I told you I fucked. These are three facts about the history of cinema within the White House. So films Mm. that uh, have been shown to US presidents. So presidents are able to select the movies that they want to see. And then the Motion Picture Association of America delivers them right to the White House. So they can even like they've not even been released to us general public and they can still watch them. Oh, to be president. If I was mm. like Joe Biden's going to like, send me back, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't exist, apparently. <laughs> All right. So number one, the very first film to be shown at the White House was in 1920. And it was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the silent movie version. The president at the time, Woodrow Wilson, was a huge fan of silent horror films and requested a special screening. And this was actually 20 years, over 20 years before the official cinema room was built. And the film was shown in the Roosevelt Room with 30 white staff, White House staffers in attendance. But they probably were white. Well, <laughs> yes, indeed. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde being the first film shown in the White House. Number two, the last movie that JFK ever saw was From Russia with Love. According to most of his staffers, Kennedy rarely sat through an entire film because he had a lot of back pain issues. But he did relish the James Bond epic and he watched the film on November 20th, 1963. The next day he left for Dallas and on November 22nd, he was assassinated. Mm -hmm. Did JFK put his back out? (laughs) Some extracurricular activities. (laughs) (laughs) And number three, Jimmy Carter holds the presidential film watching record. He watched 480 movies during his stay in the White House. 
Mm. That was a single term as well, wasn't it? It was a single term, yeah. Was he the one who doesn't play golf very much? And is that one of the reasons? (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. So you've got the first film shown at the White House being Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The last movie that JFK ever saw in the White House was From Russia With Love. And Jimmy Carter holding the record for watching the most amount of movies during his presidential term. Mm. How many was uh, that number? 480. I did the maths, and that works out to one film every three days. Mm. A president should be busier than that, shouldn't mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it depends if, if it's... It may sound a stupid thing to say, but the world was slower then. Mm. I wouldn't remember. He dealt with a few things, though. He dealt with the hostages in Iran. I would have thought JFK probably wouldn't have been that keen on a film called From Russia With Love, bearing in mind... Yeah, the Bay of Pigs, <laughs> yeah. Cuban Missile Crisis. I mean, it's about right for the year. Yeah. Goldfinger out by then. I do wonder, actually, having said that, whether Hazel would have picked From Russia With Love as a slightly clever joke. Mm-hmm. Or a funny coincidence. Uh, I know Donald Trump requested Home Alone 2 420 times. <laughs> <laughs> and Birth of a Nation, just as yeah. well. Oh. Birth of a Nation, actually, I think was shown at the White House, wasn't it? Mm. We need to check this, but I'm sure there was a thing that it had some kind of presidential I think, endorsement. I think right. yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Three films a week yeah. is, is a lot. I mean, I don't watch three films a week and I'm not in charge of the free world. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Just had nightmares there. Yeah. He watched Midnight Cowboy quite a lot, apparently, even though I think when it came out, that was X-rated, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. But if you're president, you can watch what you want. I think he's old enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go for that being the bluff. I think that's maybe slightly too many. I'm going to go for uh, Jeff K. (laughs) Jeff. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go for Jeff K as well, because I think Goldfinger came out just before then. He would have seen the new one. All right. So, Jimmy Carter... He is the president who watched the most movies. Yeah, yeah. good man. Yeah. <laughs> the streak <laughs> is broken. Loved his films. Um, JFK, he rarely watched films. He was, as I say, too busy. Um, but birthday. the last film he watched was From Russia With Love. Oh. That is true. Now, I was holding my tongue during that from uh, Birth of a Nation chat because that was... The very first (laughs) film to be shown at the White House in 1915. Yeah. So, yeah, the Ku Klux Klan propaganda film has the honour. Yeah, in my head, Birth of a Nation was later, 1920. I should have uh, done the maths on that. I I knew it was earlier. Um, I thought it was 1912 or something. Um, But then I just thought, well, they watched it 10 years later. Mm -hmm. He did not pick Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Maybe he should have. Yeah. I had some other fun facts that I didn't choose. LBJ, Lyndon B. Johnson, he rarely used the cinema room, but he did hold 12 back-to-back screenings of a 10-minute film about himself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the first movie watched by Donald Trump in the White House uh, was Finding Dory, which is a movie about a separated family in search of reuniting <laughs> it together. And it was watched by the president on the same weekend of his infamous travel ban against certain Muslim nations. The more I hear about him, the, <laughs> the more you love him. in the White House. Yeah. John, over to you. Has anyone seen the Amateur Horror? No. No. The, uh, the original yes. Margot I have Kiddo. seen the first one, but yeah. I haven't seen the mm. billions since. I've seen the uh, Simpsons spoof of it. So, in a way, yes. 
So the, the thing with the Amateurville Horror is you can't copyright the name Amateurville because it's a real place and you can't copyright a house. So therefore... Oh, what does this lead to? There are numerous, numerous, numerous official and unofficial... What you've got there? <laughs> I've got my questions for a future week. Amityville <laughs> <laughs> is one of them. So let, this yeah. is going to be interesting. Oh, yeah. you've done some research. Yeah. So there, okay. there are many, many, many official, unofficial sequels, knockoffs, in which various things get possessed by the Amityville evil. So I've got three things that are possessed, two of which are real, one of which is made up. Now, there were so many ridiculous ones, actually, I might give you a choice of four. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we've got four things. The first one is the house itself in Amateurville in Space, <laughs> <laughs> which begins with a priest praying so hard for the house to be exercised that it gets fired up into space by <laughs> God, where it gets trapped in a black hole and is found a thousand years later. Wow. <laughs> Good start. Take a lesson, Elon Musk. You just need to pray harder to get your spaceship off the ground. How do you pray hard? Do you just clasp just your hands really, together? Really, really hard. Really yeah. intensely. The second one is a possessed pig in the film Amateurville Farm. <laughs> in, which, in which the house is demolished and a farm is built on the land. Farmer George Orwell. Oh, no takes over the farm and finds his animals acting suspiciously, including the pig Napoleon who starts talking in biblical and devil terms until he is driven from the land. Two legs good, four legs... No, the other way around. Two, <laughs> two four legs, legs good, good, two legs, two legs bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Amateur in the hood, <laughs> in which the house mysteriously appears to be Los Angeles, but other than that is the Amateur house. Some people grow some weed in the house and the weed gets possessed. So possessed marijuana. When did this come out? This came out in, I think, fairly recently, the last five years or so. Oh, really? Yeah. So was it by people who wanted to keep marijuana illegal? Potentially so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not the business opportunity it, it once has. Yeah, because it's legal in was. LA. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. We were in LA, like, when it became legal, and, like, we were in a hotel in LA, and literally the day after, weed store directly opposite the hotel. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, the Amateurville Vibrator. <laughs> oh. Uh, in which a... Possessed bunny? <laughs> pretty much, yes. <laughs> uh, a lady uh, purchases a vibrator from a yard sale at the Amateurville house, only for that dildo to turn out to be possessed by the devil i i, I believe that like self-pleasure is uh looked down upon by certain quarters mm. wow okay so we've got house in space yeah yeah um animal farm yeah amateur farm <laughs> yes that as well um uh, uh, um amateur in the hood oh god with the possessed marijuana <laughs> And uh, <laughs> Amateurville Vibrator. Could they not come up with a better title for that one? Well, well Amateurville in the Hood. No. Well, Vibrator. yes, actually. <laughs> well, you said that was in the last five years or so. Are people still saying in the Hood? Or is that only you? A reference. No, it, it, it was specifically spelt in the D-A yeah. Hood. Weirdly, I believe them all. Hmm. Like, they've, they've got a strong central premise no, they don't. <laughs> For a target audience. So, are you saying you only made up one of them? Yes. Right. I do know one of them is true. 
Which one is that? That is Amityville in space. Oh, okay. I know the title is true. Yeah. Because that came up in my research. The one I maybe have the most trouble with is Amityville Farm, because the plot is pretty much exactly the same as Animal Farm. You didn't really change anything. No, so it's literally the animals get possessed by the devil. Yeah. Because they're on the farmland. Yeah, and it okay. is kind of... So Animal t- Farm, is, they're, they're doing it of their own free will. Yeah. Okay. So there's lots of shots of like pigs with red eyes and donkeys with red eyes. Basically, someone's got a red eye filter and they just have like evil like... noises. Yeah. Soviets. Mm-hmm. I think Amityville Farm is um, a good pun. And um, I thought that could have been something that you made up and were very proud of. But then when you said the farmer was called, called George Orwell, I thought that was a little yeah. too on the nose and mm-hmm. you, you would have been i can't believe i'm going to say it but more subtle than that <laughs> i mean <laughs> you the creators of amateur farm were not subtle people mm. Mm. what was the effect of people smoking the possessed marijuana they become possessed themselves uh-huh. and what was the effect of the possessed vibrator I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, uh, it's very pleasurable apparently and uh, other people encouraged to try it and there's lots of Unity all the way through. <laughs> Let's just say I'm clearing my Google search after looking this one up. I mean, I can believe they would do an Indah Hood just because they thought it was funny to have a title like that. But also, I can also believe John would do that. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there a, a Leprechaun Indah Hood? The leprechaun Indah Hood is a thing, yeah. I, I'm going for that one. I'm torn between that one and Amitable Farm, I think. Are we assuming the Amityville vibrator is so ridiculous John wouldn't have dared to make it up? John's a pretty <laughs> daring person. <laughs> is that the right word? <laughs> no, I don't think there's any topic off limits with John. I just realised that when I plumped for Amityville in the hood, that means that I think that the Animal Farm one and the vibrator one are real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no dignified way out of this. I'll stick with in the hood. Peter? For variation, I'll go for the vibrator. And you're going for oh, I can't decide between the farm or Dahwood. I'll go for the farm one. Hazel's correct. Oh, I was very pleased with myself when I came up with Abitable Farm. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that film should be made immediately, but it hasn't yet. I think we're fairly safe. Who would you one. cast as Farmer George or Will? Myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Nicholas, Nicholas Cage, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. He would surely... Pig! Yeah, the, the, the possessed pig. He's got an affinity with pigs now. <laughs> um, I was very upset to discover the Abitable Vibrator film. Mm. which made my bluff of Amityville cock thing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, have to be changed. (laughs) Well. And we will do a little get to nerd you. This is questions for you that will kind of designed to get you thinking and reminiscing about your favourite movie-going experiences. And this quiz was devised by Dan Watkins. He's not here today, but hopefully I'm honouring him. I mean, he's not dead or anything. No. It's, it's a week till it comes out. Oh, God, we've cursed him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he came up with this concept, so I just wanted to say, hi, Dan. For the group, who is your favourite actor? Of all time. We don't, I don't need to answer this one, do I? Mm. <laughs> if you, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Cage. Is there anyone who's come close? Mm. No. 
there's people who are always really good in stuff. It's like Bill Paxton was always mm-hmm. like a really good mm-hmm. character actor and people like that and Steve Buscemi. I kind of like character actors rather than stars in the main. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering about because if you're after someone who you unconditionally like, that's one of the things about being a star, yeah. isn't it? That whatever they're playing, they're always kind of themselves or kind mm. of the same role. Whereas character actors, they are what yeah. the role is. So mm. whether you like them or not, might depend on yeah. what part they're playing. The actor disappears and the character yeah. takes mm-hmm. over, yeah. There was a time I would have said Arnold, um, <laughs> and I'm still very much enjoying it. I'm glad you said uh, favourite, not best. But I think my answer is uh, DiCaprio. I think he's always great. You're over the age of 25. Yeah. Uh, this... I don't think you're allowed to. <laughs> he'll, he'll make an exception for me. Okay. All right then. I'm, I'm really kind of struggling to think. I, I like a whole load rather than yeah. some mm. well, yeah. like him one or two. Say Bruce Willis, I always enjoyed him in almost everything he was in mm. until the later stages of career where he stopped bothering. Female actresses, Melanie Linsky, I like in almost everything she's in. She's great in everything, yeah. isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. just know her from that terrible sitcom. Oh, yeah, she was in... Two and a Half Men. Yeah, but um, she's also in Yellow Jackets and a whole bunch of other things. And she's always good. Yeah, I have... I have too many to list. That's probably a good position to be in. Yeah. yeah. I'd say Carrie Fisher uh, for me for bringing to life one of the best ever female heroes on screen. Um, and if Denzel Washington's going to be in a film, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy it. Got such power on the screen. Mm. I think if you go for the, the best actor of all time, you've got to go for John Cazale. He was starred in five films, all of which oh. were nominated for Best Picture. When well, you say starred? <laughs> he was in large roles in them. He starred in five films, The Godfather, The Conversation, The Godfather Part 2, Dog Day Afternoon and The Deer Hunter. Mm. And all of them were nominated for Best Picture and three of them won. Well, there goes a future buff or bluff I was planning. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> all right. If you could be in any movie, what character would you play? Um, I would be the vibrator. In- <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. oh my. You get a buzz out of it. <laughs> thing is about this question is if you step in to play that role, yeah. the original <laughs> uh, actor is no longer. Okay, so is this, so I'm just in the film or I'm actually in the reality of the film? No, you're playing a character within the film. So you, t- you take on a character. Because I'd like, I was going to say Quint from Jaws, but I don't fancy being eaten. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> I might like to uh, replace Chris Hemsworth and Thor Ragnarok <laughs> and just <laughs> just bring the whole thing to a crashing halt. Would you halt. prefer to replace the director? If that's an option. <laughs> <laughs> I might play Thelma in Thelma and Louise because I get to play opposite Susan Sarandon and I'd get to be part of a duo that is one of the most wonderful female friendships in the most awful of circumstances uh, and you get to have an epic adventure as well so I think I'd enjoy that sorry Gina Davis and you get to meet Brad Pitt oh I forgot about that bit sure you did <laughs> <laughs> do a lot more than meet <laughs> I would replace Kevin Spacey in Seven so I could enjoy the film again oh yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Maybe I'd be um, Legolas in um, the Lord of the Rings films because uh, they already cast someone who's not an actor. Don't need acting. (laughs) (laughs) Unfair to Orlando Bloom. Sort of. (laughs) I mean, technically he's an actor. I think he just had like a load of fun on that set. 
um, just learning how to shoot an arrow, play with knives, row a boat. You could have taken acting lessons in that time. <laughs> didn't have time. <laughs> to be fair, Legolas doesn't have any character, so it didn't matter too much. Here's a specific question then for you. Would you rather have the powers of Wonder Woman or Loki? What are Loki's powers specifically? Magic and shit. Magic and shit's pretty good. Mm-hmm. He can become anyone, can't he? He can take on their mm. selves and appear as themselves. Yeah, illusion. Yeah, I think, I think Walk it's pretty walls. good. I'll, I'll go for Loki. So specifically the powers, or do we get the whip in the plane? <laughs> you get the whip in the plane. So you can yeah. lasso clouds and then yeah. fly. <clears throat> powers and resources. I think Wonder Woman's powers are pretty cool. I'd, I'd go for that, I think. You have to wear the outfit. I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> that is all for today's episode of Nerdfest. Thank you very much indeed for listening. We will be back in your ears in a few weeks' time. Until then, you can keep up to date with us on social media. We're at Nerdfest UK on Twitter and Facebook. Twitter for the time being, at least. Uh, <laughs> if you make it this far into our episodes, first of all, hello to you. Uh, but you'll also know that we offer a reward for our loyal listener. John, what is today's reward? Today's reward is I will come around and we will spend an evening with an all-night amateurful horror movie marathon. But I will bring with me a bag of possessed weed. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Until next time, you've been listening to... A man desperately looking for funding for his Emperor Penguin Amateurful Horror crossover. <laughs> a man who will never trust another pigeon. <laughs> a man who's waiting to be killed on screen someday by all of the Nerdfest founders. Who can I go first? <laughs> <laughs> and a woman who just wants to issue a small friendly reminder to please, if you can, um, support the Boho Arts crowdfunding campaign. We will put the link in the episode notes. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Apparently that was one of 10 movies containing the word Amityville released in 2022 alone. Wow. (laughs) Including Amityville Karen. Oh. Amityville Bigfoot. (laughs) And Amityville Christmas Vacation.